real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is February 20th, 2020. That's 220 2020. And it's Thursday, right? Is it Thursday or is it still Wednesday? Because it's felt like this week isn't going by. Like tomorrow's Friday and you're like, come on, hello, get there. So there, we obviously had the train wreck of debates yesterday, which even though many people say that Bloomberg got beat up, it actually made him likable because it showed a side of the other candidates that doesn't bode well with uh, the liberal side of things. Um. Today, we're going to talk about that, but I'm in the second hour, I'm going to introduce you to something, and that is actually going to be episode two. I finally landed on that for my subscribers, and I'm going to introduce you to something called reality hacking, uh, and to understand that, we need to understand basic uh, scientific principles and um, just biology in general. So that people can realize that there are many levels to what the war that is happening, that has been happening for eons, but now is peaking. It is peaking because people are understanding or they're coming to terms with understanding what is coined as reality hacking. So we're going to talk about that. So I'd like to start, though, with the Democratic debate. As we can all see, whatever uh, you know, side of the aisle you stand on, you hate President Trump, you love him, you adore him. The bottom line is they don't have a leg to stand on. And, by the way, Bloomberg didn't have a box to stand on either. Because they have no message other than hateful rhetoric and confusing the public in the respects of understanding a social and civil structures, socialism, democratic socialism, communism, capitalism, it's all skewed. All of it is skewed. That's the one message. If you were a Democrat watching it is who got more jabs? It was playing to that malicious side of people of trolling and being vicious and attacking and I'm better than you. And I know a lot of people think that Bloomberg was instructed, do not respond, do not say anything, stay calm. Not because they didn't want him to give more, right? But because his real side would come out, just like we saw Elizabeth Warren and her fake Ahanta side come out. It's vicious. It's nasty. Pete Buttplug, his affinity to be condescending, arcane and condescending, the type of elitist that isn't heavy pocketed per se that you know, that you know, elitist with that attitude, Bernie Sanders selling you a dystopia, uh, you know, it's like a pig with a lot of lipstick and a tutu. That's what he was doing. Joe Biden, it's like, was he even there? Right. And Amy Klobuchar, you know, her menopause is really kicking in, but uh, she, she, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to touch that yet. Um, but one thing that I wanted to correct for the record is what Bloomberg said. Oh, none of these people have built a business. Well, actually they have. 
They have. All of them have. They all have offshore companies. They all have contracting companies. They've all had some form of business entities. So that was BS. Uh, What he was referring to is a company that everybody knows. So let's be clear on that because Amy Klobuchar, she has contracting companies that have contracts with the defense department, right? Uh, Navy selling parts. That's why she was in the Ukraine over $10 million worth. Pete Buttplug, didn't he pay for Shadow Inc.? Doesn't he invest in these things? Has his own jet? Do you think you get that from being a small time mayor? Or do you get that from, you know, propelling from the CIA with your cover in the military? Joe Biden, well, we know where he got his money from. And he has tons of businesses and investments, too. Elizabeth Warren has businesses, too. She was in the business of academia and lying her way into position in Harvard. That's business right there. And all these offshores and investments she has, you know, serving the people and making a fortune. So Bloomberg was wrong on that. Very wrong on that. So I want to talk about that a little bit and then go back to Assange, which we've been talking about here for a couple weeks. I told you in December, that's what we're looking forward to. I told you now. And look at them come out. Like I've been saying since he was, oh my gosh, that crown is going to melt his brain. Just like, you know, a former whistleblower-ish. Walked in a man, walked out a woman, right? Manning walked in a man, walked out a woman. This is what they do to you when they get you. And you're going to be like, well, you know, I don't know about this brainwashing. And this is why you need to be introduced to reality hacking. And this is why people need to revisit to understand exactly what it means to be brainwashed, to be programmed, to be controlled, Because, no, mm -mm, that's conspiracy. Well, no, it's science. It's actual science. And, well, my subscribers are going to get that. Because that's not really safe for airways. So today, we're just going to stick to, you know, molecular uh, and cellular biology 101. And we're going to stick to uh, neuroanatomy 101. And I've actually pulled out one of my textbooks of physiology. Um, and, I'll, and I'll tweet a picture out uh, during the break, which I am going to be citing. Because facts are facts. Fiction is fiction. But when those lines are blurred, that is exactly how you reprogram things. How you change the one to a zero and a zero into a one. There's always this gray area where some computers fritz out and, you know, start to smoke up. Where others are just like, nope, bad program, not taking it. Where others are like, all right, can you like delete and then reboot, please? And this is what we're seeing. You saw that play out during the Democratic debate. What we need is logical thinking. Logical thinking. Where are all these leaders from? What do they do? How do they do it? And when do they do it? And who are they? I played that clip a couple days ago. Ten people who own the most land on the planet. Pretty simple. I mean, the Pope is a businessman. He has everything, doesn't he? 
the queen, total business. The crown is actually a business. The United Kingdom, actually a business. But I digress. So let's begin with listening to what Tucker Carlson had to say. What he had to say in regards to Bloomberg and being on the stage. Because if you guys remember correctly, it was Andrew Yang who was putting out during his campaign that the rules had changed and he needed individual donors in order to be considered a candidate, right? <laughs> Key there. Individual but first donors. tonight, Hold Democrats on. are holding yet another primary debate this hour, this one in Las Vegas. Hold on. So before we play it, let me just clarify that. You should look at Andrew Yang's previous tweets. He was supposed to have multiple different donors, even if it came from like, so $1 here, five there, a thousand there. He needed different people to donate because he had to be liked by the people or it was a populist movement and it wasn't him just chucking money at it. And you know, I kind of felt robbed because that was my topic of discussion today. And it's like Tucker either is spying on my written hand notes or we're just on the same wavelength and I love it. I mean, I love the way he says, he, he says things and he calls it as it is. So take a listen to his clip because he so eloquently put that together. Vegas. For the first time, former Mayor Michael Bloomberg will be standing on the stage. His campaign felt it was important to tell NBC News that he will not be perched on a box this evening. It's not clear if they were bragging about that or not. In fact, Bloomberg shouldn't be on the stage at all. For a full year, the Democratic Party maintained clear rules about who qualified for their debates. Candidates needed to meet a polling threshold. They also needed donations from a large pool of people, and that was on purpose. The point was to ensure that candidates had actual grassroots support and weren't, say, using their vast personal fortunes to buy name recognition with slick TV ads during Judge Judy and rise mechanically in the polls. They didn't want that. Candidates like Cory Booker and Julian Castro complained bitterly about these rules and asked for them to be changed. But the DNC wouldn't budge. It wouldn't be fair to make exceptions, they said. And then Mayor Mike arrived. First, he sent a $300,000 bribe to the DNC last November, just two days before entering the race. And then he sprayed cash on every living Democrat willing to work for him. And there were many. By the end of January, the DNC had changed its mind on all this. And then it changed the rules. The party got rid of the donor requirement. Suddenly, magically, the richest man ever to run for president qualified for the debate. Mm. In other words, Bloomberg bought his way in. That's his plan to win the nomination. That's his plan to win the election. In case you're wondering whether there's a connection between wealth and political power, Michael Bloomberg is here to confirm it. In fact, he's decided to prove to all of us that our democracy is fake, that a man with a blank personality and not a single popular idea can become president anyway, purely on the strength of 30-second TV spots that he's paid for himself. Here's one of the latest of those. There's nobody that I respect more and felt more respected by. Mike believes excellence is not defined by gender. Mike builds a culture that advances women. As a foster parent of 20 kids, there's times where you need flexibility with your schedule, and Mike was always supportive of that. Mike supports women, he promotes women, and he respects women. Mike supports women. Mike respects women. Right. If you have to say that, you know it isn't true, obviously. Just ask the pregnant employee Bloomberg ordered to get an abortion. When Mike Bloomberg becomes the feminist candidate, you'll know we've entered a world of pure lying.
But that's the world of the Democratic National Committee. Before long, Bloomberg will be on stage with Gloria Steinem or some other relic of second wave feminism, telling you how he's devoted his entire life to shattering glass ceilings or to the cause of trans rights or to putting an etching of an illegal immigrant caravan coming up from Oaxaca on the $20 bill. Out with Jackson, in with the sacred undocumented. Or whatever seems to work at the moment. Whatever it takes. It's not pretty. It may degrade our system beyond saving. But if it stops Bernie Sanders from winning, the Democratic establishment is all for it. And that's the bottom line. Uh, They don't feel that Bernie's message is the right message because they've tried that before. The let's catapult straight into, uh, you know, communism. It doesn't work. And that's the thing. They want it to be done voluntarily. And even though Bernie Sanders is referencing Denmark, I mean, what he doesn't talk about is the excessive debt people of the people of Denmark actually have. That's the thing. The excessive debt. It's pretty incredible. You know how we omit these things and how their lines to wait for health care are huge and how their wages are garnished for taxes so that other people can survive. But he fails to state the requirement for work. So it's not really free. It's actually labor. It's voluntary slavery. And so these are the things that we're seeing from the Democrats. Obfuscation, lies, and literally no leg to stand on. All they do is argue. All they do is lie. And they convince you that what they're selling is what you need. And I just have to say that I was very upset that no one spoke about our president as President Trump. It was Donald Trump, which such detest. It's horrific. You know, everyone believes that Sanders will never beat President Trump. And that's true because big businesses won't go behind him. But no one is going to vote for Bloomberg either. Because the libtards, right, those insane people that don't want to work and want free things and believe in this dystopia, which may indeed be a honeymoon period for what, three years? Oh, I have no debt done. When that dust settles, mm, that's when slavery kicks in. And they don't want Bloomberg because they feel like he's another version of President Trump (laughs) when it's so not the case. I mean, remember, Bloomberg had endorsed President Trump. I know Donald Trump. He's a great guy. He he doesn't do everything he says, but he sure tries. And I'm a big fan of Donald Trump. Think he's going to run? Uh, I have no idea. You'll have to ask Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't do everything he says. That's the thing. Huh. He's delivered on every single promise he made. Now. He may not be, he may not have delivered on everything he said he would do on the fly, but everything he's put forward to the people of the United States of America, he's not only accomplished in less than four years, but has done that with massive roadblocks and a lot of resistance. This is fact. I mean, this is undisputable. This is something you can't refute. It is fact. Every, every single thing he did was fact. 
and done. And they tried to stop him any which way they could. And I don't blame them. Uh, If I was them, I'd do the same. Because the war that all of you see, and there's so many facets, right? So many facets. People will tell you there is, you know, evil, Satanism, trafficking, underground things going on, silent wars, aliens, the whole nine yards. But there's always, this is like an onion that you can't explain, but uh, I'm going to try to make it simple with one statement, reality hacking, because yes, all those things are encompassed, but you are nothing but a victim of hackers. And there are very few hackers, very few, and they do the work. And you would say, well, if they are empowered to do such things, then why not do it for good? Well, there were 12. And those 12, unfortunately, like Vinman, probably had a water cooler talk with no need to know. And that is how it happened, basically. So reality hacking is a thing. And what we saw yesterday with the Democratic debate, which, by the way, we didn't see one U.S. flag out there except for the digital one in the back saying debate. It's exactly what Reality hacking is you don't realize it, but your brain is processing it. I refuse to watch the whole debate and I refuse to watch it with headphones on too. Cause you know, frequencies, cause you know, hacking. Now I wanted to say, uh, the way that they have been cultivating the scope of politics, the scope of our environment, the scope of our reality is starting to weigh heavy on them monetarily. They have, they are bleeding the money that they have made us put power in. The New York times is now writing of, well, putting out literal advertisement saying Independent journalism needs your support. Subscribe at this special rate. Uncovering the truth takes commitment, objectivity, and you. Subscribe for a dollar. Hold on a second. When has the word independent journalism, truth, and uncovering the truth ever been something that represents the New York Times? It's insane, right? Like, who would even say that with a straight face coming from someone like the New York Times? That's impossible. And yet, I kid you not, that is exactly what they are pushing. They are pushing that because you don't seem to understand it, but your brain is picking that up. And you have to understand that they are coming all out. Now, media is coming all out. Uh, You know, uh, your pop culture is coming all out. Your um, candidates are coming all out. The one thing you have to do is just turn it all off. Rely on you and that is it. Rely only on you. That is it. Rely on your gut. Rely on that inner voice of objectivity. Because it is imperative that you do so. Not saying that President Trump isn't going to win this election, hands down. It's going to be a landslide. 
landslide. But just like they're changing and lying about the narrative with Julian Assange, which we talked about, Dana, months and months and months ago. I even wrote an article about it. I'll find it and resend it out. What you have to understand, the attacks are only going to get bigger. Do you sit there and chit chat with your friends about politics? You watch them insert. Do you follow movements such as, you know, uh, independent citizen grand juries or, you know, Minutemen or Q? All of those are going to be coming under attack constantly. Yet, even though they're attacking them, they're not addressing them. They're just painting them with a broad brush of cultish behavior because <laughs> they can. Why? Hackers. And, you know, this is a concept I'm introducing today to you. I have mm, so much to say on that. But like I said, second hour, we're going to do that. Let's just run through the motions of what's going on. So uh, we had the Democratic debates. I'm not going to sit there um, and play clips of got you moments of how Warren got to him, how she was talking about all these. Oh, you have all these non-disclosure agreements. Yeah, all that stuff. We're not going to get into it because everybody else is getting into it. And we don't like to beat to everybody else's drum, right? But what we're going to see is that the DNC made this exception for him, which means that he's covering their deficits. President Trump said it himself and he tweeted it. Just like I told you, the minute I saw he's coming in, he's covering the deficit. He doesn't have donors. Look at the FEC, his own pocket, $200 million. Boom. That's what he reported. So if people haven't put him there, how did he buy himself a spot on the stage? Oh, because he paid the debt of the money that we used for those clowns that are already on stage, right? That's what you see. That is exactly what you're saying. This is how they fix things. We see them pushing that message. We see that they decided that they're going to bring a candidate last hope. <laughs> and like that one cartoon that I saw where Hillary Clinton was like, all right, I'll take it. What do we get out of it? How much is he donating to the Clinton foundation? I'll be vice president. And then she kills him off. <sighs> I don't care who they put to run against President Trump. They're not going to win. People are happier. People feel safer. And people want a president just like him forever. Because you feel like he's going to get the job done. You know that when he sits down at the table with other countries, he's not going to be like, oh, well, let's see how we can, you know, come to an agreement, um, kind of meet halfway. He's like, nah, man, this is it. This is what's happening. Thank you very much. You don't want to take it? No deal. And that's exactly what we want. Because if you look at your society, your community, your nation as a business, it'll make sense. Again, the crown, the United Kingdom is actually a registered business. I mean, I can't say it anymore. Why do we have the Washington, Washington District of Columbia business, business, it's all business. And when you have a business and you need to run a business, you need someone that has the cojones to sit at the table and say, I'm okay with no deal. We could do this. Let's play. And we want that no matter where we sit. On any side of the aisle, right now, the only thing fueling the anti-Trump movement 
is this malicious, disgusting, pocketed, oh, it's the most evil side of people that you see that creeps out on the internet. Anything to destroy another person because Trump. You know, I wanted to say today I was dropping off my daughter at school and I drop her right in front of the police car. They have like police cars where they like cross students. So I, I, I go right there and he's like, uh, so I'm listening to the Scott Adams show right? and he, he walks up to my car and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to tell me don't stop at the corner in front of my car or something. And he was like, Hey, you have, you have Trump stickers. And I listen to you, um, you know, when you're in your car waiting to turn, Good job. Thank you. And I was like, yep, President Trump loves the police. And he said, you know, it's very scarce that you see that around here. Why? Why should it be shame to be proud of a man that's putting your country first? Why should it be shame? It shouldn't be. You should be loud and proud, right? Show that love. And that's what we should be doing is showing that love because that's exactly what everyone who voted for Donald Trump has love for their neighbor. I'll see you all just after this break. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So um, we kind of like understand now that the Democratic debate was a sham. Uh, everyone is kind of chiming in, taking, you know, blows. Bloomberg got beat up. Totally love it. I'm that that, you know, that petty side of us. It's like, ha ha ha. You got what you deserved kind of thing comes out every now and then. But what we realize is, is that is exactly what the Democratic Party did was feed that need to have that conflict, because that is how hungry their bases for that type of evil. I want you guys to understand that and conceive it. They knew exactly what they were doing and how they were doing it. So what we um, should do is, yeah, okay, we're all human and we're going to be like, yeah, totally. I totally want him to get his because he's not a good man. And, you know, he thinks by running kind of like what, uh, you know, Biden did that he can save his fortune. I mean, that's the bottom line is saving their own skin, not um, saving the people or working for the people, right? That's, that's how it goes. Now, I want to shift gears and go to um, Julian Assange. Because I've been talking about this. I wrote an article about Dana. I wrote an article about how it happened. I wrote an article as to how I knew General Kelly was on the wrong side, right? That's where I wrote it. I was so pissed. Because, see, every single general and admiral has a position of power, of course, and it is a very fine line because all of them are politicized, like it or not. Yes, they're soldiers, sailors, airmen, whatever. But the bottom line is their bosses are politicians. The people that maneuver their strategies or guide them into how they want them to function are usually elected per- <laughs> Okay, let's change that word because we haven't had elections in decades, right? They've been fixing it. So I don't even want to say it. So I'll just say politicians uh, that were placed there. So when I see a general or an admiral come forward, 
I take it with a grain of salt only because we should all acknowledge just how fine that line is that they work within military strategy by being guided by politics because foreign politics and military strategy go hand in hand, right guys? We can't discern the two at some point. So when I saw that General Kelly had blocked the message and would not allow Dana to meet with the president. At first instance, I was like, all right, he protected the president because if Dana went to him, then they'd start like, oh, he said this. But the thing is, his job was to take the message, process it, and then have a meeting with the cabinet about it. He didn't do any of that. Um, instead they had like that 25th amendment meeting where they were discussing it. And we know exactly who was in that meeting, right? Rod, because Rod sang like a bird, but I digress again. So here we are where the story is changing. A story is changing and painting a picture of an Assange that isn't correct. A story is changing. They're trying to make it seem like Assange is lying because he wants to. Does he even know what his lawyer is saying? I don't know. Do you think he does? I don't know. I want to play for you a clip of Assange, just a little bit, an interview that he provided, right? Over, oh, uh, almost 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. It was like nine years ago. Take a listen to this and tell me how this Assange is different from what the media is telling you. The, uh, the suit and the, the short haircut is new. Is this, uh, is this a new image or is it courtroom, courtroom Assange? Well, it's, um, when you're in this business, people will try and take any point they can uh, to, malign, um, to malign you and stop, um, stop the power of uh, your publication. And so that's, um, I guess, the same reasons why politicians dress so conservatively uh, when they're under constant attack. And so that's um, something that, that uh, I have to do um, in order to um, keep the focus on our material and keep the focus off me. Well, it's uh, been an uphill battle keeping the focus uh, off you. Has it surprised you, the, the intensity of attention upon you? I don't think it's... Actually, I don't think it's surprised me. Um, if you look at all... If, if you think about the situation carefully, I suppose that's inevitable, um, that someone who's uh, associated with a new endeavor that, that is very controversial and has a lot of very powerful enemies uh, will be the subject of ad hominem uh, attacks on the person uh, if they can't get an attack uh, on the content. That's, um, that's standard fare. Uh, of course, it's a new situation for me personally. I'm used to some You've been a, pretty much a secretive or certainly a, a private uh, been guy or your life. Not, in, not entirely. Um, but uh, I have been part of other causes in the past, but certainly um, the level of uh, scrutiny and the level of um, attacks on my person is like nothing else um, I've experienced. Um, possibly, with, with some exceptions, like nothing else uh, anyone in Australia has experienced. Um, maybe Lindy Chamberlain has um, uh, probably had a, a similar level of... Um, uh, attacks against her person. Well, it's been a pretty steep learning curve, I guess, in the last uh, few months. Any regrets on how you've handled uh, that journey? 
not regrets, but um, lessons to be learned, uh, is, is the, the way I like to, to put it. Um, we, we are all limited by our resources and time and so on, and these can't come from nowhere, and you're constrained by them. Uh, but from that experience, uh, certainly I've learned a lot about how to um, deal with some of those attacks that we get. Well, you, would, you would have expected some of the attacks clearly from um, um, governments or other people that are uh, subjected to WikiLeaks material, but you've also had a, a, a steady barrage of friendly fire from people that have yeah. friends or associates or professional collaborators. Um, it's been almost endless. Has that surprised you? We haven't. A, we actually, there's only been one friend and associate. Uh, there's been other associates um, from the newspapers. That's, it is actually quite interesting. We saw um, even early on uh, that there were some people who perceived them to themselves to be competitors within our field of play. Um, and a lot of that is who is going to be represented as the vanguard of liberalism? Who is going to be seen to be um, the shining light in that region? Uh, is it the Guardian newspaper? Is it the New York Times within the United States? And then at a, at a sort of Trans uh, government accountability level, there's also other smaller groups um, like um, Secrecy Newsletter. No one's ever really heard of it, but within that area, it's one of the few groups operating. Um, Cryptome is another small um, site, but nonetheless operating in that area. And actually, that's where we had the first um, um, continuous. Uh, attacks from. It's quite, it's quite interesting that um, although people can claim to hold certain values as the, the number one motivator in their life, when you look at the actual behaviour, what you see is that the number one motivator tends to be um, keeping their power within their perceived community. Okay, so that's the Julian Assange we know. And this is him nine years ago telling you what a lot of you that are listening to me understand today, which is they will do anything to maintain power in their area and the way people perceive them. Now he is referring to the media of who wants to be, I broke this first. I did this first, but at the same time, their values in regard to truth and objectivity, like that ridiculous ad. And I tweeted it out by the way that New York times put out, um, is not true. It's not. Unfortunately, money makes the world go round. Like my subscribe star, I have it. Why? Because I want to be able to give things back to my writers, to the people that do the audio, because I don't have time. I actually have, you know, a family, a house, a job as well, uh, because I'm not like the New York Times. I'm, I don't get funded by interest. The only interest is the people. And the only interest is the truth. And that is what Assange was saying. He was constricted many, many times in regards to what he could do and how he could do it. And that all relied on, you know, the flow that he had in order to produce the information or put it together or vet the information. Now, you're going to understand in the next 15 minutes why the next hour understanding what reality hacking is, biohacking is, 
to make sense of the news you're hearing about Assange. Now, uh, about a week ago, I played a clip from an Indian television source that um, spoke about how 117 independent doctors had said that Julian Assange is going through psychological torture, right? They've been saying it since 2019 when he was put in jail. 60 minutes. Okay, that is the key. They have been saying that since the day he went in. And yet, for some reason, for some reason, they fail, they completely fail to explain why this isn't being, why this isn't being addressed. Now, I wanted to play another clip from 2011 an interview that 60 Minutes had with Julian Assange from 2011. A lifestyle that the peripatetic internet muckraker is used to, bounding from city to city, country to country, and regularly changing his cell phones, hairstyles, and general appearance, he says, to elude surveillance and avoid being killed, kidnapped, or arrested. And there are reasons for his paranoia. In the last four years, WikiLeaks has published information that played some role in deciding the 2007 elections in Kenya and fueling the anger that recently brought down the government of Tunisia. It's divulged membership roles of a neo-Nazi organization in Britain and secret documents from the Church of Scientology. And that was before Assange began publishing U.S. secrets, provoking what he calls threatening statements from people close to power. What statements are you referring to? The statements uh, by um, uh, by the vice president uh, Biden saying, for instance, that I was a high tech terrorist. Uh, Sarah Palin calling to our organization to be dealt with like the Taliban and be hunted down. There's calls either for my assassination or the assassination of my staff, uh, or for us to be kidnapped uh, and renditioned uh, back to the United States to be executed. Well, as you know, we have a First Amendment, and people can say whatever they want including politicians. I, I, I don't think that many people in the United States took seriously the idea that you were a terrorist. I would like to believe that. On the other hand, that incitements to murder are a serious issue, and unfortunately there is a portion of the population uh, that will believe in them and may carry them out. If nothing else, WikiLeaks is the latest demonstration that a small group of people with a powerful idea can harness technology and affect large institutions. Okay, that's what I wanted you to hear. So a small group of people that can harness technology can change things, in other words, right? Can make a change. Small group. Now, before we delve into that, just think. Imagine... If every single American that voted for President Trump, if every single American that is going to vote for Donald Trump got together, just how big of a change is that? Now, we are already seeing this change without too much effort by the people, which is storming social media until they shut you down, until you have no voice, until you have no way of communicating with other people. So we have done this and they know this communication is key. This is why when they have the opportunity, the first thing they're going to take away is our communication because that is the only thing that we have done, which is a shame, a very big shame, because if you only have one outlet 
and one method, then how do you survive? You always have to have a plan B, plan C, right? Like small groups within your community, kind of like, you know, those neighborhood watch things, not saying neighborhood watch, but people locally, and I believe in the same things, uh, free, um, free speech, free thoughts, uh, you know, a powerful economy, a powerful military. Why aren't we reaching out? Because we have been conditioned not to biohacking at its finest. So when you, when you think of this conditioning that we've had from schools, colleges, TV, media, you know, news, newspapers, social media, music, right? That's an attack on you to keep you, uh, you know, and hurting along to where they want you. And there, that is essentially how they have been biohacking you. But on the periphery, there's a small group of people that when they harness the technology, they can fight back. So we have right now, I want you to visualize this, exactly what that statement says. A bunch of people, picture a bunch of people in a circle that are being attacked with like, you know, gladiator soldiers being forked into the center to fall into the middle of the hole. While on the outside, you have maybe five, six people times two that are trying to reprogram the hole in the middle so it spits you back out. I, I, this is going to make sense as time progresses, but I want you to keep that visual in your mind. Now, biohacking, reprogramming, brainwashing, these are all real things that happen. And people, oh, this is so rubbish. This is like so out there, Tori, that's tinfoil hat, but it's actually reality. Remember, we saw it with who? Manning. Manning walked in a guy, walked out a girl, and has lost his or her mind completely. Sky News Australia put out a report in 2019. Listen to this. UN official says Julian Assange is showing symptoms of psychological torture. Nils Melser assessed Assange's psychological and mental state during a four-hour visit last month. He is urging against Assange's extradition to the U.S., where he is facing 17 new charges under the Espionage Act. Mr. Assange is currently being held in a high-security prison in London after being expelled from the Ecuadorian embassy. Okay, so tell me what was wrong with that statement. Think about it. Oh, I had a four-visit with Assange, right, four-hour visit. He's a victim of psychological torture in England. But I highly recommend that we don't extradite him to the U.S. Mm. Because he's facing 17 counts. 17. Did you hear that? 17. 17 that I've told you is the number when good triumphs evil. 17. Yet they want him to stay there even though he's being psychologically tortured. His brain is being melted. I said it when they tried him. I said, oh my gosh, I hope. He can maintain it. I hope he can pretend to have the melted brain and play along. So that way they don't meld it. If he yields quick, he may recover. I I said that last year and I'm saying it again. Now everyone is saying this. Listen to this from May 31st, just weeks into his capture. 
I uh, visited uh, Julian Assange in Belmarsh Prison together with two medical experts specialized in uh, identifying and, and documenting symptoms of physical and psychological torture and ill treatment. And uh, I have three main concerns. First, I'm extremely worried at his current state of health, which was alarming already when I visited him, but which uh, by now seems to have deteriorated to the point where he is no longer able to stand trial and to participate in his court hearings. I'm not surprised to hear that because the psychiatrist that accompanied my mission found that his state of health was critical and that if pressure was not relieved soon, that it was likely to deteriorate rapidly to a point where damage would be uh, irreparable. Secondly, I'm appalled at the consistent and uh, sustained um, and concerted abuse that this man has been uh, exposed to by democratic states uh, over a prolonged period of time. And thirdly, I am gravely uh, concerned at uh, the possibility of extradition to the United States, where I fear he would be exposed to a politicized uh, show trial in grave violation of his human rights. I have submitted uh, formal letters to the uh, governments of the UK, the US, Sweden and Ecuador, the four countries uh, that have been responsible mainly for uh, uh, creating the situation that we are facing today, and I have uh, appealed to them um, to refrain from any further abuse. Uh, they should recognize that the way they have handled this affair is in violation of the Convention Against Torture, um, and that uh, uh, they are obliged to uh, prevent any further violations, to investigate the circumstances that led to this abuse, and to provide Mr. Assange with rehabilitation and compensation. As to the findings, the medical findings um, that we uh, uh, produced during this visit, um, is that Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. We're speaking of severe stress and chronic anxiety and severe psychological trauma. Um, again, the psychiatrist warned that uh, this pressure must be relieved urgently, otherwise it will have very serious consequences. And that's precisely what happened. Within two weeks now, we can see that he is no longer able to stand trial. Okay, I just want to stop that right there. And enough said on this expert. But... Did you hear what he said? So he's been there two weeks. This is 2019. He can't stand trial anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's because of that? No, it's because they have him on black sites and they're mushing his brain. And he says that, you know, this is being done by democratic states. Stop. Pause. Stop the press. What? I thought he was just in the United Kingdom. What do you mean democratic states are doing this to him? See, they tell you the truth if you listen carefully for the truth. And this is why I was like, oh my gosh, we need to bring him home. Oh my gosh, we need. And you're going to say, Tori, the U.S. isn't his home. Yes, it is. It's the only place he is safe right now. And for some reason, he even said it when he got taken away. Illusion, illusion, illusion. Think why he said illusion. That's all you have to think. Why did he have the book that said illusion? Now, here it is, a report from February 6th from Germany, what they had to say. 
The first few months that Julian Assange spent in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, it was all defiant and optimistic gestures. Seven years later, he would emerge as a broken man. When British police dragged the WikiLeaks founder out of the diplomatic mission in 2019, he looked confused and was almost unrecognizable. A UN expert on torture said Assange showed symptoms of psychological torture. Some fear this torture may still be happening today. So how did we get here and why? Julian Assange took refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy in 2012 after Sweden asked the UK to extradite the WikiLeaks founder to answer allegations of rape in that country. Assange has always denied those allegations, saying they were a pretense to have him eventually extradited to the United States, where he is wanted on espionage charges. As WikiLeaks stands under threat, so does the freedom of expression and the health of all our societies. His supporters share this view. They say the Swedish rape allegations were fabricated and an excuse to punish Assange for the leaking of hundreds of thousands of confidential government documents and for exposing possible war crimes. One high-profile leak was a video obtained from the US military, which WikiLeaks says shows US soldiers opening fire on people in Baghdad and killing several civilians and two journalists. So basically, yes, that was true. Sweden was trying to bring him out because Biden wanted him. Remember, Biden called him a terrorist. Remember, and he knew he knew that he's not a high tech terrorist. He was the one that was actually a journalist. This is what journalism is, is to be exposing and increasing transparency within the governments. And so this was their problem. And this was his problem. But I know from the meeting that he had with Dana, it was done. And I told you that whatever is happening, it's fixed. Because who did the president meet with? Oh, the Ecuadorian president who made this happen. So what we need to do is pray. Pray that we can recover what they have done. And you'll understand how the process works by understanding basic science uh, that, uh, well, it's not like super basic, but it's basic molecular science that I'll try to explain at the easiest level so that you understand just how things work and how this isn't a theory, it's a fact. I'll see you all in just a bit. Real news. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. And uh, it is 2-2020. And, you know, lots of developments that I want to kind of touch base before we delve into uh, what reality hacking is. And that's basically what it sounds like. And how this is one of the most important projects or processes that have been going on um, in our world for eons. Um, 
so, but before we get into that and where you're just going to learn a little bit about biology, pretty basics, uh, molecular and cellular communication. So you can understand just how your brain can be turned into jello and just how you can walk in a man and walk out a woman and say whatever they want. And then you're just totally messed up. This is why when we go through shock, right guys, and <laughs> I experienced that for the first time and God knows I've been in some really weird situations. I felt confused and it was all about electrical output. You're going to be like, wait, stop. You'll understand when we get to it. But first, I want to start, before we talk about Roger Stone, I want to play this clip of John Kerry literally responding to how President Trump accused him of violating the Logan Act, which he's done a lot. Okay, a lot. And this is them deflecting and talking because they are concerned. And um, he was on Fox saying it. Hmm. Bizarre, right, guys? So bizarre. Here we go. And I want you to take a listen to this. This is important. Him important going into Nevada and into mm-hmm. South Carolina. And I think what's really important to look at is, you know, the, 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 the leading candidate at the moment going into the debate is only in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have four people dividing up the vote in, in, in you know, with a sort of similar point of view, yeah. uh, that distorts what's the reality here. So I think the next few days in Nevada and South Carolina are going to help to wean this out a bit. Right. Uh, and uh, That'll that'll change the dynamic of this race, in my judgment. But, Mr. Secretary, you say in the 20s, but Bernie Sanders in some national polls is now reaching into the 30s. And there were points in the debate last night. You say that Vice President Biden had his best night. There were points where he seemed missing in action on issues like health care. It took a long time before he even got in there. Some of that might have been the moderator's fault. Uh, But my question really is what how can he change this dynamic? Because it appears right now that Bernie Sanders over the next week or two could end up having a delegate lead that's going to be very hard to beat. Well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get into the predictions. I've learned uh, in personal experience that uh, conventional wisdom is often very wrong in these things. Uh, and, and my judgment is that Joe Biden, uh, you know, how many times, how many debates have we spent most of the debate on on uh, health care mm-hmm. and the distinction between Joe Biden and the others is he doesn't want to kick 150 million Americans off of their health care. He made that point last night. He did. But, you know, more importantly, when you look at where the world is today, the biggest challenges we face as a nation are, are challenges that require a president who has relationships with other countries, right. with other leaders, who knows that playing field and has the ability to be able to lead America, the, the, the leader of the free world, once again, we hope. Um, and I think Joe Biden's the only person we'll who comes to the to, table yeah. with those relationships, with that experience, with the ability to deal with cyber warfare, with nuclear weapons, which are now back on the table, with the question of extremism, uh, the fight we waged originally against ISIS. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a strategy that Obama-Biden administration and all of us worked on, which but was Mr. successful. Secretary, uh, so pardon me one second, I Mr. Secretary. I think that's what makes America safe. I hear you, but... So- 
there were no foreign policy questions at all. That could be the moderator's fault. Well, of that's course. not that's not Joe Biden. Joe fault. Biden never pivoted to that, sir. But but Joe Biden never pivoted to his strength on foreign policy. And I wonder, I'd like to ask you, it, you know, this debate you're talking about uh, comes at a time uh, when President Trump is accusing not just you, but Senator Chris Murphy now, Democrat from Connecticut, nice. of violating the, the Logan Act, it. of negotiating with foreign governments because of your conversations with Iran. Your response. Well, that's that's that is once again another presidential lie, a complete effort by the president to distort reality, because uh, if he knew anything about the law, he'd know I didn't negotiate with anybody. All right. We're going to stop right there. He did. He did. With Burisma's owner, $35 million, they were under indictment in the United Kingdom because they wouldn't yield and do what they said. And they said, listen, we'll work with the U.S. rather than the crown. What's up? Help me. And that was in 2014. And guess who was party to that? It was Biden and Kerry. So, and that's why he was on his bus because they found that. That's why he's pushing Biden, who's going to be what? The leader of the free world when he doesn't even know what state he's in. We're talking states, let alone countries. Could you imagine him going to a country like North Korea and saying, oh, it's lovely to be in Singapore today? No, no. But this is a form of putting out information and rather than calling it out and, you know, the host right there should have been like, well, uh, how is he going to do foreign policy when he doesn't know what state he's in? Like, that is a legit question. He was in Nevada talking like he was in California, wasn't he? And he was in another state saying he was in another state. He doesn't even know what year it is if you ask him. He probably doesn't. Yet he would be the leader of the free world. I wonder what Biden promised Kerry uh, getting into position. They didn't have a tarmac talk, but they had a bus talk, didn't they? But this is another form of attack on reality and truth. Reality and truth. Now, from everyone out there on social media, we'll shift to Roger Stone quickly, um, is that He's going to, he, he, sh- he did nothing wrong. He did do nothing wrong based on the precedent. He did nothing wrong. Uh, yes, he misspoke. Yes, he forgot about this. But this is an average citizen that took no oath, you know, to serve the people uh, that misspoke and, you know, obfuscated. So what? To Congress. So what? We have people that had taken the oath and have not been prosecuted. Now I said, Like it or not, he's going to be sentenced. And I said it would be three to four years. I was right on the money. Now, he got 40 months, according to this report that I'll play. Once that plays, we're going to talk about how we already said he was going to get it and why it was important and what a hero this guy is. He did nothing wrong. He's going down with, I did nothing wrong, which he didn't. But now that this has been set by the idiots, here's where they pull their pants down. We can have a barrage, a barrage of indictments for lying to Congress. And if a private citizen got 40 months, then a person that took their oath, that was the director of national intelligence, that was the director of the CIA, that was a former congressman and a congressman, senator, former or current, FBI director, FBI agent, DOJ employee, janitor at the DOJ, I don't care what job you had, if you lied, like Vinman did, hmm? And you should get 400 months, 4,000 months, because you knew exactly what you were doing. Where this is a citizen saying, whatever, I can say whatever I want. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? Sue me because I'm not going to tell you about an email. He had nothing to hide. There was no Russia. He could have said the truth, but he didn't have to, is the point. Mm, that's why he did nothing wrong. 
This lying to Congress is more so of people that have taken the oath. But, you know, discrepancies, right? Listen to the report by Fox News on this. In this U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C., it is 40 months, 40 months, uh, a little bit more than three years there. Uh, and so David Spun is outside the courthouse now. So, David, there was a lot of deliberation somehow today with this judge. It went on for upwards of two hours, and now a decision has come. Exactly. Three years, four months. That is what Roger Stone has been sentenced to. Um, and, you know, let me tell you something. Roger Stone walked in today confident with his team. Uh, this went on for about two and a half hours today, which was slightly unusual. The original recommendation from prosecutors was seven to nine years. Uh, the judge ultimately went much less with that. But looking at some of the notes that come uh, from the, the courtroom, basically, uh, Judge Amy Berman Jackson told Roger Stone and his team uh, the truth is important and that Roger Roger Stone uh, injected and inserted himself into this issue. This was not something that he was just attacked for randomly. Uh, what makes this interesting, though, if I just may add, Roger Stone is asking for a new trial. The reason he's asking for a new trial is the jury, jury foreperson, a right. female that was on the jury, uh, has come out with a political bias, admitting that she has political bias against Stone, against President Trump. Uh, so Stone's team is asking for that. Judge Berman Jackson, who just sentenced Roger Stone, has not ruled yet on that, meaning that that's going to happen in the next few weeks. So she is uh, delaying the execution of his sentence, meaning he's not going to walk away in handcuffs today. He's probably going to be leaving uh, at some point We're in the next 15 or 20 minutes on, or so. Free on bond. I see that as part of the note Correct. that he's going to be free on bond. So, uh, David, yeah, he's just gonna... talk to me if you can about. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just wondering, you know, he kind of sat very calmly you were describing him smiling i know he was taking some notes and and talking with his attorneys today so what was the actual reaction when we found out it was three years and four months and not anywhere near the seven to nine years that originally had been prosecutors recommendation well, his defense team breathed a sigh of relief. Stone uh, did not make much emotion from what I'm reading here. And, you know, it's also customary for the defendant usually to speak before the judge mm -hmm. just before they're sentenced. He was given that opportunity today, uh, but he declined. He said that he had nothing further to add. Roger Stone is not someone that shies away from comments or the camera, as we know. So uh, it, it remains to be seen, though, if he'll say something when he leaves here. I suspect he'll probably still be under that gag order because this is still an ongoing case. The judge still still has jurisdiction on this case because she has yet to rule on a new trial. So it remains to be seen if he'll say something. Um, but right now we know that it's uh, three years and four months, 40, right. uh, 40 months behind bars incarceration. The question is, when will that begin? And will it begin? So that is the clue. So he's been sentenced. I said he was, right? He's not going in yet until they decide if it was a mistrial or they need a new trial to be done. But in the meantime, the sentence has been entered into record. Yes? Huh. So now we can pop indictments online, right? Mm. While he stays home, right? Mm. And those will be speedy ones too. There won't be delays. Oh, yeah, we're just going to wait and whatever. No, 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 no. It won't be like that. It'll be instant because they're already in process. Do you see how that works? Allow them. Allow them to play. Allow the clowns to dance. Allow them to party. But did you see the difference here? Hmm. 
It's great when you have insurance on corrupt judges, isn't it? Just saying. So stay tuned on that because if this happened, what's next? 40 for a private citizen that had nothing to do with national security, nothing to do with leaking, nothing to do with jeopardizing our security, nothing to do with foreign meddling, nothing to do of abuse of office, uh, the judicial system, uh, forging and falsifying federal documents, nothing, nothing, nothing like that. So if a private citizen who is protecting themselves gets 40 months, I wonder what they'll get. Hmm? That's food for thought right there. That's what you have to think about right there because we needed that sentencing. That is what we need right there. So now we're going to get into what brainwashing is, what conditioning is, but I'm introducing you to a concept that hopefully in the summer you will hear very much about, which is called reality hacking. Okay. And that is just like anything else. Every single computer device you have, phone, home appliance with a network, anything that is network, or let's put it this way, connected or communicates is hackable. Every single one of them, hackable. What does hacking mean? It means to get into something and take control of it, right? So controlling something that you should be in control of. So you're on your computer, you're typing away, clickety clack, clack, clack. And then suddenly you're typing, I love you know, pineapples. And suddenly it says, you know, (laughs) Roger Stone did nothing wrong. And you're like, wait a minute. I didn't write that. Who's taking control of my computer? There's many times that we've seen people uh, hack because we gave them permission. Like how many times have I had tech support on my phone, you know, where they like remotely enter my phone and click things for me to fix it or my computer, right? You've done that. That's hacking, right? But that's allowed hacking. And hacking is something we're all familiar with. You can hack, you know, a whole power grid. You can hack a whole system, an intranet, a server, a phone, an appliance. But why does the concept of someone hacking a human being feel so foreign and distant? Now, hacking means that you have access to central input. So you're like in the center the central system. So for the computer, that would be the motherboard or you would be using chips, right? Uh, I guess, you know, to communicate, right? For humans, what would that be? Well, you can hack by um, conditioning. So it's kind of like you constantly say something over and over again. And then that individual in the end will believe it is truth or have it part of their own because they've been conditioned so much to hear it. Um, it's kind of like you just dismiss it because it's been around so long that it's normal. It's like second nature, right? I mean, it happens. Um, A good example of a way that your brain just accepts a situation um, that at first is appalling to them is um, how you get, uh, you know, desensitized to a bad smell. Have you ever walked into, oh my gosh, (laughs) I just going to do that one though. But I've walked into an office 
in the Middle East. I'm going to tell you, this was like the worst experience ever. And there, my brain could just not reject it. But it smelled like mildew, like farts, like everything in between. And it had like wood paneling walls. So, you know, that was drenched in whatever it was. And obviously being near oil fields, it's going to stink even more, right? So it was like in the wall. You couldn't get it out. Now, I walked in and it just... You know, and everyone was like normal, (laughs) no big deal. After a little while, I kind of got used to it. My brain got used to it and stopped acknowledging it as a, you know, hey, start hurling. Hey, you want to throw up? Hey, hold your breath. At some point it stopped, but then it came back (laughs) because that's how bad it was. But that point where my brain ignored that smell and got used to it, right, is how you're conditioned, I, I, I mean, it's not the same thing. I'm just trying to have you understand that. And that's done from signaling. So like, for example, uh, you touch something and it's hot and you burn the nerve endings on your finger are going to send pain signaling to your brain almost instantly. And you're like, Whoa, take it off. Right. If they don't work, obviously your hand's going to burn and you're going to be like, Oh, wow. Where's my finger. Right. You can't feel it. You can't sense it. You don't realize the danger you're in. Correct? Because you can't feel it. Hmm? Can't feel it. So here is where the wonderful brain makes sense to you. Now, one thing a lot of people don't realize, and I think I have, a, a, you know, there should be, uh, because it's so widely spread lately, but there's, I probably have listeners that suffer from fibromyalgia. And that's a a disease that people call the lazy disease, right? The non-existent disease. And that's just a thing that doctors are like, well, you know, fibro, whatever. Nobody knows what causes it, but we know what happens and we don't know how to fix it. So for all my electricians out there, people that are savvy with electronics, you know that you can't have naked wires running behind a wall, right? They have to be insulated, right? And if they're insulated, the electricity goes through faster, right? Because it's secure. If the wire is like free and happening, a lot of heat emits, uh, it goes slower, right? Because it's insulated. Well, that is exactly what fibromyalgia is, is that this insulation that we call a myelin sheath um, on neurons is uh, broken down or exposed in certain sections. Now, how does that work? Yes, we run on electricity. So, we are interconnected with communication. And how does this work? In molecular biology, it has, okay, molecular biology has been applied to many labs. And this is something that Epstein had been researching with artificial intelligence in Ethiopia. And one day I will go through all his research. I am hoping that these atrocities actually come out with unseal Epstein. But one thing he did was apply the concept of biocommunication, bioelectric, biochemical communication, biochemistry basically, to computers to mesh the inert, you know, mechanics with the live carbon based organisms together. So in laboratories, what people have done is um, basically. Um, created biochips and in in this way it uses chemical signaling and the low um, voltage 
uh, to pass through signaling. It's basically the foundations of biochem, right? Now, biochips, there's tons of research on this, uh, are widely being used for like um, uh, diagnosing diseases, pharmacogenomics, and toxic. Uh, toxicogenomics. And that is, that is done because they process things faster. In, um, it's like a, how, how would I explain it to you? Because it's so different. Because a biochip is like um, a little device that allows um, a large genomic type um, analysis to be done on a smaller scale. There's like DNA microarrays, uh, protein microarrays, and microfluidic chips. And these all come in and they create something called like a micro total analysis system. And basically what this system is, believe it or not, is mimics a motherboard. They call it lab on a chip, which is a lock system. And um, basically it's easier um, to do things um, which need high um, throughput by making it smaller. And it has, you know, super, um, super applications in regards to diagnostics, like toxicology studies, um, and even um, new clinical research that kind of identify patients for specific uh, trials. And the best application of this kind of biochip is the DNA arrays. Um, it has super speed to be able to push it out uh, with uh, genomic applications so quickly and gene expression studies are done so quickly. And remember, it took, the human genome project took over a decade and now we can do it almost instantly by doing this. Okay, so I'm I'm just trying to give like the 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 whole um, basic uh, background to it. It's um it's a faster way of making something so complex smaller, as if it's a sample to move faster. Now the concept behind biohacking was to be able to integrate the communications that biological cells undergo with actual inert circuitry, which is like, you know, like regular computer chips. Now, Intel and AMD have been pioneers in that section. And uh, actually, there's a company in Israel that, you know, nobody really hears of, um, but uh, have uh, really um, exceeded expectations. The processes that your body does to communicate are incredible. They're really hard to fathom because in an instant right now, as you blink your eye, your, that, that signal from your brain to get to your eyelid has traveled, you know, a large distance to be so instant of not like, it's not like a jolt of energy. The energy is actual, you know, calcium and, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's chemical exchange so instant that, you know, you just can't fathom it. You can't. 
it's it's just way too quick. It's so instantaneous because they're not really touching. It's like a bunch of chemicals being spread out and then the other neuron picks it up and then spits it out on the other end. I'm just trying to simplify this. That's not specific, but it's an exchange. So I take this, you take that, signals passed. It's like a, a baton race that is almost instant, so quick in, in snap, just like that. And that has that that creates a very low current of uh, you know 0.6 amperes so this is how your brain communicates your heart cells don't even touch they have gap junctions which are these holes that exchange chemicals and just right across each other and that's how they communicate almost instant could you imagine computers connecting like that or could you imagine humans connecting like that it's pretty incredible but this is where science is going. And what we're seeing is that the science is going in that direction pretty quickly. But what's going really quickly is manipulating the systems we have to benefit others. Meaning if I know that, you know, this is how a heart communicates then what I can do is intervene in that communication and make it stop. Make sense? This is why we take medications. Like this is why people that have diabetes take blood pressure medication, not because their heart has a problem with blood pressure, but we know that the signals of, you know, chemicals that are being pooled for communication are really going to muck up in the kidney area by the renal. So, you know, the renal vein and arteries, all that is going to be messed up. I'm just totally simplifying this, right? So we take medication to regulate the chemical signaling there to avoid issues with the heart and causing, you know, um, car- cardiac failure, heart failure, congestive heart failure that comes with people that have diabetes. So we know that we can mitigate by fixing the chemicals. Kind of like if someone's depressed, oh, you don't have enough of this. So here, take this pill and we will make sure to either make more of this chemical so, you know, your neurons can pick it up more because they're a little bit slow. Or here is this pill that'll make more receptors on your neurons. So even though you make a little bit of this chemical, they'll definitely pick it up. Even if they're lazy, it's like it's going to fall in their lap. So no choice. So we know how to manipulate chemistry. We know this. And chemistry, as you know, (laughs) works on what? Frequencies, vibrations, spins, axons, electrons, and protons, right? So keep that in mind while we go to this break uh, because it's about to get really interesting. All right. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to the Tori Says Show. So I am going to play for you uh, something that I had um, my child uh, watch and listen to, and I have her listen to it sometimes in the background, when she's studying uh, cellular or molecular biology, because it's really important. Because what you're going to understand is communication. It's all about communication, right? 
communication. Your devices communicate. Your computer communicates. Your TV communicates. Your appliance connected to a network communicates. So the one thing that I've said many, many times before is that the human body is not a solid. It is a network of various cells that communicate and know where to sit, where to stand and how we perceive it. Okay. Because, you know, no one ever thinks of this, but you know that when you flip on the switch, right in your house and the light goes on, you know that the electricity runs through some wires and it goes to the light bulb where it has that little, you know, the little thingies, the little hair thingies and they connect and spark. But have you ever thought, you know, about sound? Think because, oh, I'm a person, you know, yes, but you're also a computer. One of the most miraculous computers there are. Think your sound. How is it perceived? Like, how does the sound bounce off your ear and get translated into what you hear? It's frequencies. It's ones and zeros. It's the way the chemicals are released at what frequency and how fast, slow. This is why if you don't have some mechanical movement that's stimulated by this and you don't have that, you're deaf, right? If you don't have this stimuli with this chemical releasing and this hair, you know, the follicle hair inside your, uh, your ears moving around. And if the fluid is off balance and you fall too, right? you can't hear because it's all about communication. Every single cell, every single cell that you can't even fathom how many make up just your fingertip have to communicate. They have to know where their place is, where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing. And their mode of communication is chemicals. So there's something called the amoeba sisters and they had published a video uh, a while back. This is great for all of you that have kids or those of you that want to understand things because a lot of people go to the doctor and they're given medication. They're like, oh, it does this receptor and does that and it binds like this and it helps you with this and oh, this lowers your cholesterol like this and you have no idea what they're talking about. You're just like, well, hold on a second. So you're saying that it does this. Okay. And you're saying that it does that. Okay. Like for example, those that have uh, issues with their heart, issues with blood clots or anything, what do you do? You take a baby aspirin. Why? Because the aspirin, the chemical itself actually emits, you know, molecules, if you want to say it, whatever, chemicals, chemistry changes within your system that what thins out the blood, doesn't make it so sticky, takes out coagulants, does things and shifts because it's communicating. It's messing the pool of communication. It's like throwing a conservative into the airport with CNN you know, the conservative is losing their mind because it's like, wait a minute, I'm not, this is fake, this is fake. But as long as that conservative stays in that circle bombarded, what happens? Oh yeah, they have a point. Suddenly things change because the environment has changed. Just keep that concept in mind while you listen to this. It's actually pretty cool and pretty straightforward and, and super cute too. They have something like jelly beans, but they're amoebas, which is like a unicellular organism, meaning an organism that's literally one cell. Have you ever played the game telephone? You know, the game where someone whispers something to someone and then that person whispers it to someone else and then that person whispers it to someone else. And by the time you get through everyone playing, the original message is all messed up. I used to kind of dread that game. Most people seem to like it, but somehow whenever it reached me, the message was always really messed up. So I felt like I was spreading nonsense. Well, either that or it was me all along that misheard it. 
Anyway, the game is all about communication and how things spread. Communication is incredibly important, not just for us, but for the things that we are made up of, like our cells. Cells make up all living things, and while they don't talk in the way that you and I do, it's important for their messages, their signaling, to be transmitted and received appropriately. Multicellular organisms need their many cells to be able to work together to carry out functions. Just consider all the cells working together in one of your organs, like your heart, for example. We're going to be talking a lot about receptors. A receptor is a molecule, such as a protein, where a signal molecule can bind. One place you can find receptors is on the surface of a cell membrane. When a signal molecule binds the receptor, amazing things can happen. The receptor might start activating another molecule for an action to happen. The receptor often changes its shape slightly in the process. More about that later. So, receptor signal molecules. The signal molecule can be considered a ligand, a fancy term which basically means that it's the smaller molecule that binds to a typically larger molecule. Signal molecules can be a variety of things, such as gas molecules or hydrophobic biomolecules like lipids or hydrophilic biomolecules like some kinds of proteins. But ligands are generally smaller than the receptors they bind. Ligands and receptors can have a very specific fit as well. Let's talk about the general sequence of cell signaling. First, reception. Typically, a signal molecule binds a receptor. Second, transduction. The receptor gets activated by this binding. This often means the receptor will change its shape. It could even involve a whole series of molecules changing their conformation in something called a signal transduction pathway. This can amplify the original signal. Third, response. There's some kind of response that is going to happen. A portion of DNA that is found in the nucleus getting transcribed, for example, that's a type of response. Now, cell signaling can involve intracellular signaling, which occurs within the cell itself, and intercellular signaling, where a cell communicates with another cell. In many cases, signaling involves both signaling between cells and then also signaling within cells. Now, when we're talking about signals traveling from one cell to another, distance matters. Some cells are close and have direct contact. In the case of these two animal cells, they are gap junction close. Gap junctions in these animal cells, or plasmodesmata in plant cells, are connections between two close together cells that allow ions or other small molecules to pass. And by doing so, they don't have to pass across the cell membrane. Paracrine signaling allows a cell to target another cell by a signal molecule that may diffuse between them. These cells are still close but need not be connected. The ligands in paracrine signaling tend to be rapidly absorbed and rapidly degraded. The ligands are typically not traveling far, as this is local signaling. Synaptic signaling, which specifically involves neurotransmitters in a synapse, is another example of this local signaling. And what about long distance? Endocrine signaling can allow a cell to communicate with a target cell from far away. Signals may be carried in the bloodstream. Hormones released by certain types of endocrine cells are a great example. We also want to point out that a cell could just signal itself. For example, in autocrine signaling, a cell could secrete a certain type of molecule, which then binds to its own receptor and causes a response. A cell releasing its own growth factor could be an example of this. Let's just give a few signaling examples so we can get a basic understanding of the vocab and what this can look like. Let's say we have a steroid hormone that travels through the cell's semi permeable membrane. 
Remember, that would mean the steroid hormone is our signal molecule, our ligand. Once inside the cell, it binds to a protein receptor within the cell. Now, the protein receptor is active. The protein receptor travels into the nucleus where the cell's DNA is found. This protein receptor binds to DNA and is involved in getting transcription of a certain gene going, which eventually can be used to produce a specific protein. This is an example of signaling inside the cell. Okay, so that's what I wanted you to understand first. Coronavirus. How do people get sick and why? Because they have to have that portion of the DNA affected in a sense, so the right protein can be generated. And then when that protein is generated, it is released into the system to cause other cascades. So to make this a little bit easier, uh, for those of you that don't have any biology background, picture an antenna on your roof and pretend that antenna can catch snowflakes, like real snow. And once the snowflake hits that antenna, because it's so perfectly formed to, to take the shape of the antenna, the specific one. So say one antenna you have on your roof is if a snowflake binds to that antenna, then the rod of the antenna that's in your house, right, um, activates your Roomba to clean the floor. I'm just saying, right? That's how signaling kind of works in cells. So imagine you have millions of cells and all this communication is happening. So if this is communication and you have for your brains, the synapse, which is the exchange, it's all about pooling of the chemical and then the other side taking it up. Can that be interrupted? Yes, it can. And how? Frequencies. And so back in the 40s, right, they had assumed that Hitler was using waves, microwaves to do things. And that the USSR was attacking the embassy uh, with microwaves so they can mind control people. Now, there is stuff in the FBI vault that you will see that has been, you know, declassified saying, and they were like, oh, they were really just trying to alter listening devices or to tap in. But the science is there because if in a laboratory you were to expose certain frequencies, not only sound, but light, things happen. Um, one thing I tell people is that I love Planet Fitness. And I, and, and I get, <laughs> this is not product placement. I'm just saying why. They have something called Total Recovery System. And I say this all the time, like I'll pay that money so that I can go there because it is incredible. Why? Red light therapy. It's light. It's a frequency. It's a specific light. And when you supposedly bathe in this light, it helps you recover because the light frequency actually stimulates the production of certain proteins that actually stimulate uh, repair, cell repair frequencies. So it's not just what we would think of electrical frequencies uh, that are coming from satellites, uh, shortwave, longwave, microwave, x-ray, right? X-ray we know destroys signaling, right? We know this. Radioactive waves also destroy, they interrupt the system. So while your body's busy making a skin cell, you know, and you get shot in with x-rays, right? Suddenly it's like, whoa, um, th 
let's just throw all what we were doing in our body away and start over again. It's instantaneous. This is why they don't let pregnant people have x-rays. Why? Because it interrupts the cellular signaling that is constantly ongoing to create that baby. Right. So I'm trying to bring you to understand that brainwashing aside from input output like keyboard sound, you know, and light stimuli and, you know, movies and whatever, your brain can also be altered with messing with your chemistry and that messing with your chemistry can be done through your food through medication through injections through light through sound through vibrations that you can't even pick up remember we only see on a small spectrum there's spectrums of light that we can't see at all. There's spectrum of sound that we can't interpret consciously. It's like dismissed, right? We all know this. We've learned this throughout our lifetime. You know, when you go deaf, you're like, oh, well, I can hear really low sounds, but I can't hear high pitch, right? It's because of what abilities your cells have to interpret these things. That's, that's the whole science behind it in just a nutshell and the amoeba sisters man i was so glad to find it because it was put out so well and it gives um uh it gives so much knowledge in in just like eight minutes like we only played like four and a half minutes of it but they're actually really good um this is something that i i i want people to understand because reality hacking is not just tainting or attacking or mobbing your input and output systems, right? Your IO, as they would say in the tech industry. It's also attacking the systems you can't see. And so this is how you shift people, thoughts, and shape reality. And this is one of the biggest weapons because, you know, time, as I said, is not linear and life, even though we know has a beginning and an end, that is also not as linear as we would like to see a beginning and an end point. So when it comes into terms of psychological torture and abuse, right? It's not just playing the same song over and over again like that. I don't know if you guys have, if you do it, I'm so sorry because it's going to get stuck in your head. But there's like this song on, on YouTube and it's called, but you, all you have to do is YouTube it. It says pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. That is the only phrase it says for like eight hours straight. And it's super annoying and it gets like right now I just said it and now the tune's playing in my head. It's so earwinky. But that is how it is. It, it's not that type of psychological torture where it can insert ideas or subliminal messaging, which can insert ideas too, right? It's a torture that allows your chemistry to change to make the attacks on your input and output system so uh, more vulnerable, kind of like Trojan viruses. So Trojan viruses, when they enter your computer, don't always go in there to copy information. They go in there to create vulnerabilities so that someone can come in and rewrite your whole program sometimes. Think of it that way. 
So when people talk about brainwashing, MK Ultra, mind control, this is real stuff because you're a computer and that's how you work. And instead of using just electrical current, which is at a 0.2 you know, or 0.6 amp, you are working also with chemicals that again themselves down to their core are what? Simply atoms with electrons that are easily manipulated because they already have assigned jobs of what to do in your body to communicate. So this is how you can make someone go crazy. You could probably rewrite them or from the inside out cause serotonin deficiencies or, you know, vitamin D deficiency. I'm just saying one thing off is what causes it. Those of you, uh, you know, and there are many of us that suffer from cancer, right? You understand that the only reason you have cancer is because the signaling was off. The communication was off and it's stuck and it's not listening and the communication just went kaput. And this is why target therapy uh, that they're doing, what do they do now? It's like they put on a blindfold, you know, they send you in with chemo with something like a Uzi or an AK-47 and they just shoot down all the cells to hopefully take out the bad ones too right? This is why you get sick. This is why your hair falls out. This is why you lose your teeth. This is why, you know, you gain weight or lose weight depends on what kind of cancer you have. It'll mess up another system because your computer is perfect. Your brain speaks to every single cell in your body and each cell in your body communicates with another, either short or long distances. It is an incredible piece of technology. And once you realize that that technology, that essence that helps run this technology is one in the same with the one that your neighbor has, you'll understand how the communication also works there too. And this is why we have issues with herd mentality. And this is how realities change and shift. A reality can change when the majority is in line with the masses. Have you ever heard that? The mass, you know, public opinion, this, you know, we tend to what? Merge with the network. It's a lot easier to go with the flow of the river than it is to go up against the river. So when you realize that you have been hacked, that is when you'll realize just how big of a war this is. And what Assange has gone through is one of the biggest wars on one person you'll ever see. So many interests. You heard the guy say it himself. So many, you know, in the, in the possession of so many democratic states. What do you mean? I thought he was only in the hands of the queen. What democratic states? See, because they tell you. They don't hide it. They tell you. And then you have to think to yourself, well, then why not just take over? Why not just do this? Because they're still cultivating They're slaves, basically. That's what they're doing. Uh, This is why they're trying to bring in socialism slowly because then they can weed out the ones that are genetically defunct that can't deal with programming. This is why we have abortion. This is why we have mercy killing. And this is why we have all these diseases suddenly amplified. And one might argue, well, we only know that people have a lot of cancer now because of communication. Well, you know, yeah, there was cancer in the past. We've seen Plato write about it, right? Egyptians write about it, but not at the frequency that we're doing now. We have autism, 
right? Why are we using mercury in vaccines when we know that metals disrupt neuronal communication? Oh, it's not going to cause harm. Your body can chelate all the metals and it'll go away. Well, no, it can't because this is an insult to your computer. It's like saying, oh, yeah, we're just going to add a lot of spam in your computer, but it'll figure it out and, um, you know, it'll clear it up because, you know, as you grow older, you'll get a program and uh, or your body will adapt or your computer will adapt and be able to move it out. Once you realize that you are a piece of technology, everything makes sense to you because a lot of us can't fathom how some people are one way, other people are another way. How, you know, suddenly we have this um, explosion in people, um, you know, undergoing uh, changes, uh, you know, uh, transgender. That's a real thing. It's all about chemicals. It's all about, you know, genetics. It's all about science. It's not fake. It's not like everybody decided one day that they wanted to be transgender. It's just that some people on the spectrum genetically have more of the male than they do the female, uh, even though, you know, they are really female everywhere else except for how they look. It's science and science sometimes uh, does get things wrong. But that is the beauty of things, uh, you know, in nature and in systems so highly complex that the imperfections are the most perfect things. The imperfections are the one that gives us answers to rectify further in future. Disruptions of any signaling process can cause death even. Signaling process in the womb. You know how the old wives tale, don't get the woman upset when she's pregnant because something can happen to the baby. Yeah, exactly. The baby's mitochondrial DNA might screw up. Obviously, that's genetically inherited. But if it's weak, I'm just saying, then, you know, the baby has no mitochondria and suddenly, you know, has, uh, you know, dystrophy. So much can happen with just an interruption. Uh, Stress. Cortisol, you know, increased cortisol levels are what you find when you're under stress. What do you do? You take medications like Ativan, the Ativan that knock out the cortisol, lower the levels, you know, to keep you on a down low, right? Chemicals. So think we have spraying, we have frequencies, we have sound, we have INO attacks. How far fetched is it to say that biohacking is a thing? How far-fetched is it to say that the coronavirus is biohacking at its finest? How far and how far-fetched do you think it is to say that they have designer bioweapons, not only to alter thought and, uh, you know, disease? Is that far-fetched? It's science. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's science. And down in Texas, AMD is leading the way with that. And that's what people need to understand. It's complete science. There is no if, ands, or buts. Um, And on that note, um, my time is up, apparently. I would like to wish all of you a fabulous evening. And I will see you all here tomorrow. Same time, same place. God bless.